Welcome back, everybody. The MLB Connection is back from a very long leave of absence that we had. It's almost the best time of the year, at least for me. I know you all have heard a lot of us about college football. We had a blast with the, uh, the college football, especially the Bowl Previews podcast. Adam and I had a great competition there. Been off the air for a little bit. Life happens. Not a whole lot to talk about. We didn't get to cover college basketball like we wanted to, but... I'm crazy about baseball. Adam loves baseball. So it's almost opening day. We're just two days out. I cannot be more excited. We're going to talk about uh, the National League tonight. It's kind of our welcome back to uh, to baseball here on the uh, Connection Podcast. So without further ado, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Cody Johnson, joined as always by my co-host, Adam Gregg. Adam, how are you doing? I know you have to feel extremely refreshed after this uh, this time off we've had but ready to get back at it i'm feeling good i feel like i'm kind of uh coming out of the uh winter hibernation here ready to uh, get started with some uh awesome baseball talk the uh the hot stove that wasn't so hot is finally over with we don't have to uh try and uh keep an eye on, on that as boring as it was so uh i cannot wait till thursday i mean i know we're doing big stuff up here in Boston at work and at home. I don't know what uh, what you might be doing down in Kentucky, but uh, it's it's going to be a Thursday. It's going to be a great day. Yeah, it is uh, absolutely exciting. I have my Cubs gear just waiting uh, for Thursday. It's, it's, it's a national holiday, especially especially for me. I have high hopes for the Cubs once again, um, as I always do. It was, it was a big off season for us, but we're going to get into that a little bit later. Um, like the question said, is, is it throwback Cubs gear? That'll be debatable. I'm not for sure yet. We'll see We'll see how, how it turns out whenever I wake up that morning. Um, I do know that I do have to work on Thursday, but luckily the Cubs game starts at 12.30 Eastern time, and I have just enough time in between my class, which I get out at 12.15 and work, which I don't have to be there till 4. So I will be able to catch the Cubs opening day game. Thankfully, the schedule works out that way. Um, unless it goes into extra innings, that could be a little dicey. Um, but my opening day will be spent, um, somewhere probably on my laptop watching the game, but nonetheless, I'm excited for it. Um, and, bef- and before we get started, if you hadn't checked it out, uh, we just published an article I finished up today. It is your ultimate national league preview. Uh, I'll give you projected standings for each division in the National League as well as who I think will make the playoffs. I even go into a little bit detail as to why each team will finish well, they, where they will finish. And I predict the end of the season award winners uh, in the National League as well. So be sure to head over to www.ewcoastconnect.com and check that out. A lot of information for you there. But like I said, this is National League Day. Uh, we are going to give you a huge preview on the National League here. We're going to take you through each division. Adam and I are going to tell you where we think each team will finish, and then we'll have a little discussion as to why we may agree or disagree. Uh, and feel free to tell us if you agree or disagree with what we say as well. So, all things being said, we're going to start off in the National League East. Honestly, I don't see too many surprises here in the NL East. I think it's pretty cut and dry. Uh, the Washington Nationals are going to win this division, hands down, unless something catastrophic happens. And Bryce Harper, Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, uh, Ryan Zimmerman, unless they all get hurt, 
the Nationals going to win this division. Um, but on that, you have a bunch of teams who finished below 500 last season. So things could get interesting for the rest of the division. But I have the Phillies finishing in second, the Braves finishing in third, the Mets in fourth, and, of course, the lowly Miami Marlins finishing in last in the division. Um, it'll unfortunately probably be a tough team, a tough season for this team. Um, but we'll see what happens. Adam, how do you see things playing out in the NL East? So I'll throw you a little wild card here. I mean, uh, don't, don't call me crazy just yet, but, uh, I mean, obviously uh, I'm not going to be, I'm not overly crazy without a doubt. Nationals will win this division in a landslide. I mean, you literally, their entire pitching staff would have to get injured and replaced with kindergartners for them to lose this division. Uh, obviously, I'm over-exaggerating. But anyways, second in the division, I actually have the New York Mets. Okay. Third, I have the Phillies. Fourth, the Braves. And then fifth, Miami. So really, the only difference is, is the Mets. I personally believe that, you know, that <clears throat> New York's being kind of Overlooked and underrated. A lot of people may disagree with me, but I just I feel like um, when you look at their lineup, they will come in second. Now, granted, that's not going to mean much because they're not going to win a division and they're not going to get a wild card spot. But um, I, I'm still picking the Mets to uh, be the first loser in the uh, in the East. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting. We can we'll, we'll start things off with the Mets while while you're at it there. Because the Mets are a very interesting team, and uh, I talk a lot about them. I give them a lot of thought as well. I do think they'll end up finishing fourth, but they do have potential uh, to sneak into the playoff race in the National League. This team is loaded with talent. I mean, you look at their starting rotation of, uh, you know, Syndergaard, Grom, Harvey, Mats, Wheeler. They signed Jason Vargas, who had a solid year with Kansas City last year. They have a ton of potential just everywhere on the on the mound with their starters. Where things kind of come into question is, and for me, why I'm so iffy to pick them is can they stay healthy? Because Syndergaard, he tore a lat last season. That situation was just so mishandled by this organization, and that's why I think a lot of their injury problems come into question. Because you had a kid who, he's the future face of your franchise, and he's complaining about injury issues, refused an MRI, and let him go out on the mound and pitch anyways after you think he has some structural damage. You have a player refuse an MRI, and you let him go out and pitch, and lo and behold, he tears the Latins out for the rest of the season. Just absolutely crazy to me. I don't know what is going on with the organization there, but there's some kind of a disconnect there. I did not like that situation at all. Um, but in that, Jacob DeGrom has dealt with a few back issues this spring. I mean, heck, Jason Vargas is injured right now, so they've already got somebody on the DL. Granted, he's not a mainstay in this in this rotation by any means. Uh, Matt Harvey, he was not Matt Harvey last year at all. Uh, he had uh, thoracic outlet syndrome. Um, just a few years ago, and that is very, very deadly to uh, to starting pitchers. Very tough to come back from, uh, but we'll see what he can do um, going forward uh, in his career. Uh, he's definitely got ace potential, but we'll see where he goes. Um, Zach Wheeler's had problems staying on the mound. 
So we'll see. Um, I mean, even in their lineup, they have injury injury problems. I mean, look at Yoannis Cespedes. Yeah, he's the face of their lineup. And when he's healthy, he is one of the most dangerous hitters in Major League Baseball and fun to watch, too. Um, but he just gets a hamstring injury every other week, it seems like. So we'll see. But don't get me wrong. The Mets have potential. Like I said, that rotation is deadly. And they have depth with Lugo and Vargas. If somebody does get hurt, um, possibly Matt Harvey can bounce back. I'm not writing him off at all. And the lineup isn't bad with Cespedes, Adrian Gonzalez, Todd Frazier, Jay Bruce. They have potential. I'm just not sold on the fact that they can stay healthy. And and that's a great point. I mean, I do agree with you. I just... I'm more basing it off of assuming they're going to be healthy all year, which most likely they probably won't be, but assuming that they're going to be healthy all year, they have a, a good team. Not a not necessarily a, a, a uh, con- contending team, in my opinion, considering just how good the National League is. But uh, I think they do have, in my opinion, have a, a second place uh, capable team in the in the East. Yeah, absolutely. The, the talent is there, and if they get into the postseason healthy, they can wreak all sorts of havoc. Um, I speak for that myself in 2015, whenever they absolutely dismantled. Uh, my Cubbies with very, very close to the same roster they have now, might I add. Uh, so we'll see with the mm-hmm. Mets. Uh, do you have them finishing above 500 or below 500? I have them below. I, think, uh, I mean, I think they'll be right. That's tough for me. I, I think they'll be right around the 500 mark. I mean, more, more likely below than above, but I think they'll, I think they'll come close. I really, really do. But they, uh, I mean, uh, what, they'll, they'll be a team to watch for sure, without a doubt. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I think what I'm more, or what I guess should say is, I'm what I'm most excited about, especially in the East, is is honestly the uh, who I have ranked as the, the the third and fourth place teams, and who you have ranked as the second and third place teams in the division. I'm most excited about those about those two teams. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we'll get started there with the Phillies. Uh, you and I were talking about before we went on the air here. The Phillies are a very very exciting team this year. Uh, if you're a Phillies fan, be excited. Um, they signed Jake Arrieta. That's still tough for me to say. Uh, I already miss Jake Arrieta in Chicago, but they did get a great veteran there. Uh, tons of playoff experience. They needed a front of the rotation arm, and they got that in Arietta. Uh They're going to pair him with Aaron Nola. Um, that right there is a solid one-two. Um they're going to need a little bit. They have a lot of potential in their lineup. They're going to need somebody else to step up for them to really do some damage this year, um, either from Ben Lively or Nick Pavetta. Um, but a big key to this rotation for the Phillies is going to be Vince Velasquez. Um, he looked really good in 2016, showed a lot of promise and potential, and then unfortunately ran into some injury issues, uh, which is common for young starting pitchers right now. Uh, but if he can bounce back, the Phillies can do a lot of damage this year. Um, we'll see where it ends up with them. Uh, but yeah, the Phillies are a definite dark horse. Um, the lineup has a lot of up and comers. I know a man you're super excited about is Reese Hoskins, who absolutely took the league by fire, uh, just took the league by storm whenever he came up last year. He was on fire, um, hit a few home runs against the Cubs, and I believe it was July or June. I remember. 
And um, they added Carlos Santana, another great free agent signing to a, a pretty, you know, price-friendly contract. Um, and they have potential in guys like Adubel Herrera, Mikael Franco. Um, if they can turn, especially Franco, if he can turn things around and start to trend upward. Um, J.P. Crawford, he is another guy with just a ton of potential. And then there's a guy, I'll let you take the reins on this one, but I know you talked a lot about him uh, before we got on the air, is uh, Scott Kingery. Uh, yes, he has yeah. a lot, a lot of potential for this young Phillies club. Absolutely. I mean, these when you look up and down the lineup, I mean, from top to bottom, they have nothing like they have done. They have nothing but just awesome homegrown talent. It's all young. Like I really don't think they, other than a, a couple guys, they really don't. They really don't have anybody who's over more than maybe like twenty five or twenty six. So I mean, I think they. I really think that the Phillies have uh, just actually just like one of their uh, uh, other teams in the, in Philadelphia they've they've had to uh trust the process and it it may it may work out for them maybe not this year but in in the upcoming years I think it, I think it will have worked out for them um but yeah Scott Kingery I, I don't think personally I think he should be their starting second baseman I'm not sure if they have him slated to be the starting second baseman uh, at the beginning of the season uh but this kid lit it up in spring training uh and they gave him so much – well, he gave the front office uh, in Philadelphia so much confidence. They went ahead and signed him to a long-term, uh, currently six-year deal worth about $24 million, but has the potential to grow into a, as much as a $65 million contract for someone. He's someone that's not seen any um, – he's not seen any major league time. So, I mean, that's a huge, huge contract for someone who's not seen any time in the majors. But uh, – don't sleep on that kid. I think with in a very short period of time, it'll be the starting second baseman. Uh, but I mean, not just him. I mean, someone else, another player that I've followed uh, somewhat loosely on their on their team is uh, Jorge Alfaro, their catcher. He's he's been great in the. Uh, I mean, for a couple of years now. I mean, he, they're really high on him. I think he'll be great. Cody, I know you yourself are high on J.P. Crawford. Uh, he's another great one. Like it's it's it's. It, uh, the I, list I can't goes help, on. It's, it's I can't scary. help but get excited about their other uh, young talent. Yeah, I mean the list goes on for this Phillies club. Um, I I don't think they will finish you know above five hundred. I don't expect them to contend for a playoff spot. But I will say this: the potential is there. If a few things break their way, um, they could find themselves in the midst of a wild card uh, battle at the end of the year. I don't expect it to happen. I still think that you're going to have four teams in the East finish below five hundred. But how? It, but I will say this, however, the Phillies have less than a hundred million dollars in their payroll this season. We have a loaded free agent class coming up this winter. Twenty nineteen may be the year. I think will be the year we start to see the Phillies really start to to contend um, and come back to some of that great baseball they played uh, just a few. Well, I guess more than just a few years ago, but. Uh, in the mid 2000s, there uh, with I know they won the World Series title in '09, and they were absolutely dominant in the AL East for for a while there. Um, so I think that we're not far off from seeing the the Phillies back to uh, being a World Series caliber caliber team. Then um, one team I'm a fan of, I've always liked this team. Uh, watched them a lot growing up, as I'm sure plenty of people did on TBS. But the Atlanta Braves, um, I have them. You know, projected to finish third in the division. This is going to be another bridge year for them. 
but the rebuild is you know just inching closer to being over for Atlanta. I remember growing up watching baseball. It's it's been weird to see the the Braves rebuilding and being down because for what was what has been most of my life, the Braves were were in the playoffs. They were the AL East. They were the you know one of the more dominant teams in baseball. But the Braves have a lot of things to be excited about. Now they still have Freddie Freeman. Um, they're gonna have a a full season with Ozzy Albies who looked absolutely amazing at second base last season. Uh, it's going to be his first full season. I'm super excited about that guy. I think he has the potential to be a star. Uh, they already have a great center fielder in Ender Enciarte. Uh, Dansby Swanson, he struggled a little bit, but towards the end of the year, he seemed like he could kind of turn things around. But the kid that I'm ecstatic to see up in the majors is Ronald Acuna. Um, the number one prospect in baseball right now. He's only 19, but he has dominated every level of the mi- of the minors that he's been in. Um, he actually last season hit better as he moved up the farm system. So I mean, he hit better in Double A than he did Single A, then he hit better in Triple A than he did Double A. So I can't wait to see what he does at the major league level. Um, he's going to be a huge boost for this club when he does get called up because he will. It's only going to be a matter of time. Um, He's actually my pick for NL Rookie of the Year. Um, moving moving forward a little bit um, on with the show, but I'm absolutely ecstatic about Ronald Acuna. I think he's going to be big things, big things for this Atlanta Braves club. Absolutely, and I mean, it, well, you kind of already went over went over everything, but I mean, they're uh, they're they're not quite the they don't give me quite the excitement that the Phillies do, but I still get excited about them just because. I mean, Dancy uh, Swanson or Dansby Swanson's had uh, some time to get acclimated to the majors, but I mean, he's a huge, huge prospect. Prospect. Uh, Ozzy Albie's is someone I've I've had my eye on for a couple for a couple years now. He's, uh, I think he's going to do amazing things at second base, and then um, somebody who I feel is going to. Some surprise some people. Uh, it may may not, may not be this year, but maybe next year. But um, start their, I believe who they have slated as their fourth starter, third or fourth starter, is uh, Sean Newcomb. He, I think he's he he's going to be better than what some people think. He, he's uh, keep your keep your eye out for for him. I think he's going to be somebody who uh, may may not happen this year but Sean Newcomb I believe will at some point be their probably their number 2 starter uh at some point he's he's uh he's going to be good I think yeah he's uh he's got a lot of potential they're going to hope that he can kind of you know sharpen up um you know their rough edges a little bit him and Mike Fultonevich mm-hmm. um looked really good at times last year Fultonevich almost hit almost threw a no-hitter against the A's I believe it was in August or early September last year. I remember watching the game. Um, yeah, with those two, they have a lot of potential. Julio Tehran has shown that he's capable of being a you know front-of-the-end rotation guy. Now, he's just got some things that he's got to work on. They're hoping he can get back to um, that performance, being a, you know, a top-of-the-rotation arm there. Uh, but they've got some youngsters on the pitching staff, too, in the minors that are still developing... Um, Luis Guara, Max Freed, AJ Minter. These guys are getting closer and closer to the big leagues. So 
you know, the, the rebuild is close to being over for Atlanta, too. I mean, I, I, you know, we've talked a lot about the Phillies, but honestly, I'm just as excited for the Braves' future as I am the Phillies. Um, I think these two teams are going to have a massive battle in the NL East within the next few years. Um, so we'll see. Uh, the Phillies have a little bit more money to spend than the Braves, but, I mean, the Braves are right there with them. I mean, this is going to be a deadly ball club. Um, but off that, the only two teams we haven't really talked about have been the Marlins and the Nationals. I don't really want to spend too much time on the Marlins um, because their owners are a lot more interested in making money than they are trying to put together a, a winning ball club on the field this year. Um, but without going too too far into that, yes, um, by the way, MLB teams are expensive, uh, so you should probably remember that when you try to buy a team. Just a shout-out uh, to the Marlins. Um, but the Washington Nationals. We, we spent all of this time talking about the East, and we have not talked about the Nationals, who are without a doubt a, oh yeah, a World Series contender this season. Um, the Nationals, there's a lot to like about them. I mean, my goodness. Uh, let's start with Bryce freaking Harper in a contract year. Um, this kid is going to absolutely tear up the league this season. He's my pick for National League MVP. Um, he's in a contract year. It's going to be his last hurrah with the Nationals because he will uh, become a Chicago uh, free agent next year um, in the winter. Uh, maybe he'll go to the Cubs. Who knows? Uh, I think he's going to the American League, but that's just me. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't. I've been beating this. I started beating this drum in our college football podcast. Yes, Bryce he did. Harper, yep. Bryce Harper to the Chicago Cubs. Uh, yes, he I'm did. Going to go ahead and call it. Um, but right now he's still in Washington. He's going to have a career year. Um, and that's not even talking about his supporting cast. I mean, he's got Anthony Rendon, Ron Zimmerman, Daniel Murphy, Trey Turner, who can just change the game with his base running alone. Just ask Jake Arrieta and uh, Miguel Montero, who lost his job with the Chicago Cubs last year after he uh, stole seven bases against us. And Miguel Montero called out Jake Arrieta for being too slow to home plate. Um yeah, this team's got a lot to be excited about. They added, uh, they added Matt Adams, who's gives him a great power bat off the bench. He played great in Atlanta last year. Added Matt Weeders. Um, he's a solid catcher, especially if he can find his power again. This goes without even talking about their their rotation uh, of uh, Scherzer, Strasburg, and and Gio Gonzalez, as well as Tanner Roark and, and AJ Cole. This team's, I mean, they're going to run away at this division without a doubt. Uh, they've got a strong bullpen now, and they've got a chance to finally win a divisional series. I'm not going to say they are, but this team's got a chance. This is going to be the last hurrah for Washington, uh, I think, with this core at least. I mean, Harper's going to be gone after this year. Um, you know, Scherzer isn't getting any younger. So we'll see how things play out. Luke Daniel Murphy's also gone after this year. Um, it's going to be the final push for the Nationals. A lot of pressure is going to be on them. Um, but we'll see how it plays out for them. A lot to be excited about with this ball club, though. Absolutely, and I, and I agree. I mean, I don't want to get way way ahead of ourselves here, but uh, I, I, this, this is their year. If they're going to do something, it's going to be this year. And uh, I think that, obviously, you already alluded to it, but, I mean, pitching – Pitching wins championships, and in my opinion, they have the second-best pitching staff. Uh, I mean, some could argue the best, but I I personally feel they have the second-best pitching staff in the National League, uh, which could easily take them uh, 
all, all the way. I mean, I'm definitely not making a prediction, but uh, they definitely have that potential. I'll disagree with you on the second-best rotation. I feel like they have the third-best pitching staff in the National League. Uh, I feel like the Dodgers are a little bit ahead of them there uh, just for the sheer depth of the Dodgers' rotation. Um, but, yeah, the great rotation, great pitching staff. This three-headed monster we have in the National League of the Dodgers, the Cubs, and the Nationals is insane. Um, we have three teams that are this loaded and this good in the in the same league. Um, National League is pretty top-heavy, but the middle of the pack is getting a lot better, too. Uh, it's going to be fun fun to watch this season. Um, I don't know who in the world is going to kind of get in the wild card. And we're going to have a lot of teams vying for those two spots this season without a doubt. Absolutely. Um, moving I'll be, on I'll, from... Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say was, I'll be uh, interested to do our uh, wild card uh, predictions when we get around to that. But uh, it may... It should be interesting. You already... Yeah. You already you already know mine. My my article's already up. I've got all of that in in my uh, my ultimate NL preview. Uh, I'm pretty much just spinning it out into words at this point. Um, yeah, I'll be interested to see. You can't. There's a lot of teams you can't go wrong with in the NL. Uh, but moving on from that, um, the best division in baseball. Maybe I'm a little biased. I am a little biased. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, the National League Central. Um, no doubt here. Um. Uh, I think it will be a little bit, uh, it could be a little bit tough for them, um, but I do think the Cubs are going to three-peat in the Central uh, this year. It's absolutely loaded team. Um, speaking without bias, maybe a little, but even even with a little bias, this team is loaded. I think they're going to three-peat the, the Central. Um, and not to uh, blow your head up any, any more than what it already is when it comes to the Cubs, but at my uh, Central predictions are the exact, exact same as yours, so I figured I'd just go ahead and Mention that before you get around to uh, going over how you have the rankings on the Central Division. All right, good deal. So uh, the projected standings for both Ab and I, we have the Cubs winning, uh, the Brewers coming in second, St. Louis Cardinals trailing behind in third, Cincinnati Reds coming out of the cellar up to fourth, and then the Pittsburgh Pirates finishing last in the NL Central. Um, This is going to be a fun division. Don't get me wrong, I think the Cubs are going to win, but the Brewers especially have a chance uh, to really push the Cubs this season. Uh, and we'll start start talking off with the Brewers. Uh, we both got them finished, uh, picked to finish second here. Um, they were the surprise of the NL last season. If it weren't for the Minnesota Twins, they would have been the surprise of MLB last season. Um, but this team, they only got better. Um, they really... They took uh, what was, you know, the completely stagnant off season, and uh, kicked the doors wide open. Uh, I believe it was in January, if I'm not mistaken. I know it was really late, um, but they traded for Christian Yelich. They got him for the Miami Marlins, and then ten minutes after that, they signed Lorenzo Cain, and that just gives them insane depth, just insane depth to what was. Already just a loaded, absolutely loaded outfield. Um, they actually are moving Ron Braun over to first base this season, which will be very, very interesting to see. Um, I thought it was funny. He did say that um, he did say that first base was more difficult than he thought it would be at, at one point this spring. 
Um, so we'll see how that works out for them. Nonetheless, I mean, you're going to run out, an out a starting outfield of Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Cain, and Domingo Santana, who was absolutely electric last season. Um, could be the best outfield in the National League. Um, that's not too, you know, too far gone to uh, to, to say something like that. Um, but without that, they have even even more great offense. So I have a platoon at first base with Eric Thames and Ron Braun. Um, I think the platoon will let Thames be a little bit more consistent this year. Um, he took the league by storm at the, at the start of the season and then kind of fell off the – well, kind of fell back to average at the end of the season. I think if you put him in, put him in, in a platoon and let him get better matchups, he'll be a lot more dangerous. Um, same with Ron Braun. He was good last year, but, you know, he's not getting any younger, but still look for him to have a pretty decent season. Uh, Orlando Arcia at shortstop. I hate, uh, you know, as a Cubs fan, I hate the Brewers, but this kid is so fun to watch. Uh, Orlando Arcia is, he is the second most fun shortstop to watch in the National League uh, behind Javier Baez. And yes, I'm a little biased, but if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go to YouTube and, and search Javier Baez highlights. Um, but after you do that, look up Orlando Arcia too, because this kid is, this kid's a joy to watch. Um, I know this name hurts for you, Adam, but uh, Travis Shaw, um, who they got in a trade from the Red Sox, he broke out last year. They were leaning on him a lot. Oh, and it was painful to watch. It was so painful. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, not pleasant for you at all. Um, but this lineup is going to be very deadly, and they're, they've got insane depth. And dare I say, I mean, if they the one thing they need is pitching. But... They need another pitcher. They have a lot of depth to trade around and try to improve on um, with that rotation. So, uh, what's your take on the Brewers? I know, you know, a lot of the same with the lineup. You want to talk about their rotation a little bit because that is their biggest question mark going into the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I really like the Brewers. I mean, uh, I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to win the division by any means. I think the Cubs already have it locked up, but. the the Brewers are one of my picks to make the wild card. Like the Brewers, uh, they uh, came close last year, but I think the I think this year they'll make the wild, they'll make one of the wild card spots. I'm really looking 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 for that to happen. I mean, they you are correct. I mean, pitching is, is a big question, but uh, they have a very uh, very solid lineup, top to bottom, and I. Uh, I'll probably be looking more forward to watching the the, the Brewers play in the in the uh, Central Division probably more than the Reds or the uh, Cubs to be quite honest with you. I mean they they will be for me anyways they'll be the team to watch in the in the Central Division uh, because I can't wait to see uh, how they're how they're going to do. Orlando RC is one of my favorite players uh, in all of Major League Baseball. I've been watching him for several years now, and I mean he's not not disappointed one bit. So. Uh, just to go ahead and throw it out there, uh, the Brewers are, are one of my wild card picks uh, in the National League this year. They are one of mine as well, but things could possibly go south for them with their rotation. I know Chase Anderson came out of nowhere last year and pitched like an ace, and they're gonna need they're gonna need a performance very similar to that. So we'll see we'll see what he's what he's made of. I know his numbers are really good. But the the scary news for Brewers fans is his peripherals didn't really add up to what his actual numbers were. Um, 
So we'll see. We'll see what happens with him this season. Um, I expect a little bit of regression. I'm not saying it's going to fall completely off the face of the earth, but I think he's going to be a little bit more of a, you know, number three guy in the rotation this year opposed to what he was last year. Um, the big thing for them is going to be Jimmy Nelson. He's out until June because uh, he had a freak injury at the end of last season. Is playing the Cubs in Milwaukee. The NL Central Division was still hanging in the balance at this point. Um, but he almost got picked off at first base, slid back into the bag. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, tore his, is either his ladder or his rotator cuff. So he's going to be out till June, and that is huge for this club. Um, they're going to need him to come back and be 100%. Um, they'll have to make it until then to see. But they do have a solid bullpen. We'll see where things end up with them. Um, but a lot of potential in Milwaukee, without a doubt. I have them in the wild card as well. Um, I think that they're going to just improve on what they done last year, but we'll see. Uh, definitely a club to watch. They hit a lot of home runs, still a lot of bases. They struck out a lot last season, but Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich should help balance that out for them. Um, but moving on from that, uh, we're going to go ahead and get this team out of the way so we can wrap up the show at some point tonight. But the Chicago Cubs uh, picked to win it. They somehow just continue to get better each offseason. Um, us Cubs fans have become spoiled, um, believe it or not. Never thought that I would say that. Um, but Theo and Theo and Jed, they get whoever they want every offseason this year. Um, lost Jake Arrieta. That's going to be tough. Um, but they replaced him with Hugh Darvish, um, who may even improve the rotation that they had. Um, Jake Arrieta was an elite pitcher, but Hugh Darvish, he's looked great this spring, and he's definitely, he's no worse than Jake Arrieta. Um, yeah, you, you roll out a rotation with Lester, Darvish, Quintana, Hendricks, Tyler Chatwood, uh, who I thought was a great signing for them. Um, getting him out of Coors Field, he has elite. He has an elite ground ball percentage, so I think his numbers are going to be really good this year. I'm not saying he's going to break out and win a Cy Young or anything, but he's going to be he's going to be a really solid starter for them. And for him to be fifth is just insane. Um, they have the best they have the best rotation in baseball, in my opinion, at least on paper. We'll see how it works out. Um, but they have four guys who are in the top 15 odds to win the NL Cy Young going into the year. Um, not many people can say that. Um, the one weakness they did have last year was the bullpen depth. Um, we had two relievers who we trusted last year, Carl Edwards Jr. and Wade Davis. Um, Wade Davis is gone, but they added Brandon Morrow to be the closer. They also added a, an elite leading arm in Steve Sajek. Um, so should have... Three elite late-inning arms there. They re-signed Brian Dunsing uh, to pair with lefty Mike Montgomery for more middle-inning relief. So I think the bullpen's going to be really solid this year. Um, and I don't even have to talk about the lineup. I mean, you have Brizzo in the middle, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo. Ian Happ hits a lead off, has hit a leadoff home run every day this spring, it seems like, uh, for the Cubs. Kyle Schwarber dropped 30 pounds and looks like an absolute beast. Um, so we'll see. I will say a guy who will have a breakout year this year um, will be Albert Amora Jr. Remember that name. I think he's going to become an everyday player by the end of the season. Um, he is going, 
going to going to be big for this ball club going forward. Uh, but the lineup's absolutely loaded. You know, it goes without talking about Javier Baez, Wilson Contreras, Addison Russell. It's going to be a fun team to watch on the north side of Chicago. Now, one thing, I, one question I do have for you: um, <clears throat> What uh, would you call me crazy if I said that both the Cy Young and the MVP could come from the Cubs? No, I think that's very possible. Um, I have, if you, if when you read my NL preview article, I have you Darvish slated as uh, as my NL Cy Young, uh, and you have players like. Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo, who are both capable of you know being MVP caliber caliber players, um, so no, it's it's not you know absurd at all to think that that could happen. Yeah, I think they're, I mean, hands down, I th- think most everyone expects Bryce Harper to be the MVP, but uh, I think there's an outside chance potentially that the Cubs could have both the Cy Young and the MVP. And I mean, uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how it gets any better for, for Theo Epstein. I mean, you, you're welcome by the way that, uh, <laughs> that you, you were able to, to get him from the Red Sox. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, growing up, I was a Reds fan through and through, uh, for the national league and, and Red Sox through and through still am for the American league. Uh, could not stand the Cubs, even though they weren't that that good most of the time. Um, but now they're 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 growing on me a little bit, but pretty, mostly just because of you. <laughs> I'll say my uh, my passion for the Cubs is known to be a little bit infectious. Um, a little bit, a little bit. But I will I will say uh, you know Chris Bryant has you know MVP potential written all over him. Anthony Rizzo, he's just consistently been one of the top hitters in the league. Um, you know those two are going to produce. Uh, they're just going to have great years. But one guy, I've already talked about Albert Amore Jr. I think Ian Happ has the potential to have a good year as well. Um, and even Kyle Schwarber. Obviously, all these guys aren't going to have amazing seasons. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm aware that someone's going to disappoint or just be average. Um, but one guy that I'm ecstatic to watch this season, and I think that he has the potential to be up there with the likes of Chris Brown and Anthony Rizzo in this lineup is Wilson Contreras, uh, the catcher. This guy plays with so much intensity. He's it's infectious on the field. He's fun to watch. He's one of my favorite players. He he gives everything on every play. Uh, has a great arm for a catcher. Um, needs to work on his his, his, his you know framing and, and pitch calling a little bit. But so far in the spring, it looks like he's gotten better at that. But offensively, um, when the Cubs were struggling in the first half last year after the all-star break this guy turned it on and he absolutely went off and carried this offense on his shoulders and really sparked the Cubs second half last season uh without Wilson Contreras I'm not sure that this team really you know turned things around as quickly as they did last season I believe they still would have but he was the spark um so you have you know the potential to have three three elite bats in the middle of that lineup in Contreras, Bryant, and Rizzo. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. This team has the potential to finish with the best record in baseball. Um, they're definitely a World Series contender, and uh, without a doubt, I think they'll finish. They'll be If they don't finish with the best record in the NL, they'll definitely be number two. Uh, the only team that I see that can top them in that will be the Dodgers. 
Um, it'll be another fun year for the Cubs. You don't think the um, Nationals can do it just because of the work division? That is another possibility as well, I think the, the Nationals. My thinking behind that is just because I think, honestly, I think they could just stack up wins because I, I don't see anyone else in, in their division getting many, if any, wins against them, to be honest. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. That that could be a, that could be a thing as well. Uh, the Dodgers and the Cubs both play in tough divisions, deep divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could you know that could absolutely be a possibility. Um, wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, but moving on from the Cubs, and if we keep talking about them, I'll make the whole podcast about the Cubs. Um, so I could could talk for days about them. Um, so going on from my favorite team, we'll go on to the least favorite team, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. We both got them slated at third in the central. Um, this team, it's kind of like the Brewers. They're going to have to have a few things break their way, but they could find themselves in the postseason as well. And dare I say, you know, they do have that cardinal magic that seems to turn nobodies into superstars overnight. So never doubt the Cardinals. Uh, they do have a solid lineup this year. Uh, they did add Marcelo Zuna over the offseason, which is just absolutely huge i think marcelo zuna is a he's a star caliber player he just kind of got overshadowed by the fact that he is playing beside Giancarlo stanton every day um, but he will be the best player on this cardinal this cardinal team this season um i think he's going to have a big year uh, but outside that they surround him um with the with you know veteran dexter fowler who i think is going to have a better year. He had a, you know some injury problems last year. He's going to move over to right field, um, moving from center. So I think that if he can stay healthy, he's going to have a better, more consistent year. Um, Jed Jerko, he's going to be back. Tommy Pham looked great last year, as did the young Paul DeYoung. Um, so we'll see. I mean, he Paul DeYoung, he got an extension with the club over the offseason. Um We'll see if he can continue the. We'll see if he can continue what he had last year, which is just an absolute breakout year. Um, so we'll see. They did trade away Stephen Piscotty and Randall Grichuk this off season, um, so that's pretty significant, at least in my eyes, because those are always those two were viewed as, you know, really good, you know, kind of mainstays for the Cardinals. Um, but they're putting a lot of trust in Tommy Pham. And trading those two guys away, and Fam was Fam was fantastic last season, so we'll see. They also have Chris Carpenter and uh, Yadier Molina. I believe he's still kicking around in St. Louis somehow. Um, so the lineup's going to be solid, um, without a doubt. They have a lot of potential there. Uh, the pitfall for St. Louis, and this is weird to say, especially for the Cardinals. Uh, the pitfall for them may be in their pitching. Uh, Carlos Martinez, he's going to be their number one guy. And he is a very good starter. Um, but after that, you have Adam Wainwright and Michael Walker. And I'm not sure I trust either of those guys. Um, Adam Wainwright really hasn't been right, uh, no pun intended, since he uh, tore his Achilles in 2015. And he's not getting any younger either. Um, so we'll see. He didn't look that great. Overall, last year, he did have some stretches where he looked really good. Um, and Michael Walker, he's a little bit too inconsistent for me. Um, but they do have some young arms in Luke, Weevil, Luke Weaver and uh, Miles, uh, 
McCullough, so I probably mispronounced his name and butchered it. Um, apologize for that. But they got a lot of potential there. They're going to look for them to uh, replace uh, Lance Lynn and Mike Leak, who um, they both lost, uh, traded Leak and lost Lynn to free agency. So we'll see. This rotation has a lot of potential to it um, with some old arms and declining players. They're really going to need the young guns to step up and have a big season. Absolutely. And I think um, <clears throat> while you were sitting there talking to, talking about the oh-so-wonderful Cardinals, your your second favorite team in, in all of baseball. <laughs> um, Careful now. <laughs> you were you had mentioned about the, uh, the Cardinal magic, and I, I think – uh, if if that's going to happen this year, I, I think I think it's possible, and I think it's I think it's going to happen. Actually, it could happen with the pitching staff, uh, because I feel like the, their pitching staff could go either could either be re- really good or really bad because of uh, injury and per- maybe other other issues. But I mean, um, one thing that could happen, in my opinion, I mean, one person who's getting getting a shot because of Wainwright's uh, with him starting on the DL is uh, Jack Flaherty, who's one of their best pitching prospects. Uh, well, there is their best pitching prospect who's not currently or wasn't going to be starting uh, on the majors on the major league team. He was going to be starting in triple a, but when Wainwright got hurt, Flaherty got the, got the call. Uh, he's, he's definitely no slouch. I know he went, between double A and triple A last year, I think he went like fourteen and three or fourteen and four, with like a right around a two ERA. Uh, so I mean, he he's a real wild card. I mean, he, he could he could be he could do really well with this opportunity, or maybe maybe he'll fall flat on his feet. But I mean, that could go one way or the other. I mean, and, and that could that could be part of their magic. And another kid who, um, I believe they're expecting to get him back. Um, in May, I think, is uh, Alex Reyes, who uh, he took the league by storm back in 2016 before he got hurt. I believe he started, uh, he went like 4-0 or 4-1 with like a 1.5 ERA and like 50 or 60 strikeouts, uh, and then he got hurt. So, I mean, if, if he, if I think if they're going to have their Cardinal Magic, I think that where it might be where it comes from, is that if, um, if they can get Wayne right back and... and He's able to stay healthy. They get Reyes back. He stays healthy, and then Jack Flaherty's a surprise. Um, then, boom! There you go. There's the Cardinal Magic, or it could be just the opposite. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of wild cards there that that could happen with this Cardinal team. Um, one area of uncertainty for sure is going to be in the bullpen because they will not have Trevor Rosenthal this year. Um, so the, the closer situation could be a little dicey, but we'll see on that. Uh, the Cardinals have a knack for turning random guys into really good players, so who knows. Um, yeah, I'm not going to count this Cardinal team out. I do think they'll finish right at or slightly above 500. Uh, make no mistake, they will be in the wild card race. Um, I do have them missing the postseason for the third straight year. Uh, but they're going to throw their names into it. Uh, this organization is not one to roll over by any means. Um, so I would be a fool to predict them to finish or to, to have a losing season, a losing season. Um, cause that's just, they're, they're the Cardinals and they're not, they're, they're not going to do that. Um, no. And I, <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't, uh, they, they're that, uh, I don't know, it's just like that, 
the, the only way I can think to describe it is just like that pesky fly that keeps flying around your head and you keep trying to swat it away, but it never goes away. That's exactly that's exactly how I feel about the Cardinals. Um, but I have a ton of as much as as much as I dislike them because of their rivalry with the Cubs. Um, I do respect the crap out of that organization, um, just because they are a uh, they're a small market team, and they just continue to uh, they have a great farm system. They develop their players um, greatly, and they they're always there. Um, it's amazing uh, just how their organization has been run. Um, I have enjoyed them missing the playoffs, but you know they're always going to be there. I, I don't, don't know if I ever recall a bad Cardinals team. Um, but moving on from them, uh, the bottom of the division is not going to be the, all that exciting. We do have the Cincinnati Reds, who we both have picked to finish fourth. Um, they are, of course, led by Joey Votto, who I've been riding the Joey Votto train very hard uh, ever since I started covering baseball. But man, he is one of the best hitters of all time, um, in my opinion. In my opinion, uh, wrote the big article about him last year. Um, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Fame top player when his career is all said and done. Um, but Joey Votto is just, he's an on-base machine. He can do it all at the plate. Um, he is he is the bar when you talk about just all-around hitting. I mean, this guy, it's a clinic whenever he's, whenever he's at the plate. He walks more than he strikes out. Uh, he hits 30-plus home runs, close to 100 RBIs every year. Hits over 300. There's nothing more you could ask of this guy. Unfortunately, he's on the Cincinnati Reds, and his production is not going towards any playoff uh, playoff production. Um, they do have a pretty solid lineup around him, though. I mean, Scooter Jeanette broke out last season. Uh, he hit Scooter Jeanette of all people uh, had a great year after the Brewers. The Brewers actually waived him last year, and then he broke out. Um, the Brewers may have made the playoffs, so they just you know hung on to him. Um, they have some young guys, Scott Shebler, um, Eugenio Suarez, Jose Peraza. Um, they can continue to develop. Uh, they can show some promise for them. Um, their biggest thing for them offensively is they you know, should hope that Billy Hamilton finally learns how to get on base. Because um, if he ever does figure out how to get on base, he could break all sorts of, of stolen base records. Um, just got to get him on base first. Um, but yeah, the Reds, no doubt, this is a very talented team. Um, they're not going to be walkovers by by any stretch of the imagination, especially offensively. They can put up a ton of runs on anybody. Um, unfortunately, just like I, and I feel like I've said this about a lot of teams, their pitching rotation is where they fall short, and this rotation in Cincinnati is abysmal. Um, you know, they they are retooling, they're rebuilding. It's a lot of the guys they have are just you know kind of far away. Um, for now, I think the biggest thing for the Reds this season is to hope that Homer Bailey can actually pitch this season um, and eat up some innings for them. Uh, I believe he is their opening day starter. We'll see if he pitches any more after that. Um, he's been really, really injury prone since he signed that contract. Um, but one guy, one guy that I'm absolutely excited for to watch for the Reds this season is Luis Castillo. This guy came up last year and lit the league on fire. He had a 3.12 ERA as a rookie, and his peripherals were just as good as his actual results. This guy has an electric fastball. He's got just wop-out stuff. Um, he just flew under the radar. I mean, he was never a top 100 prospect. 
He barely threw any innings at all in Triple A. Pretty much came straight from Double A to the majors, and he is a very special talent. Um, best case scenario for the Reds, he stays healthy this year, and they hope that he can continue on that success. Um, but Castillo, he could be the bright light that somewhat signals the Reds being competitive at some point in the future because if he continues to develop the way he did last year, he is a definite top-of-the-rotation arm. Um, So he can do a lot of special things. Um, That being said, the Reds are not going to contend for a playoff spot. Um, they just got to hope that their young pitchers continue to develop. Homer Bailey can eat up some innings so they don't have to call up you know, everybody in their minor league system to the big leagues. Um, and just hope they don't have any major injuries to their young talent. Um, yeah, it's going to be another tough one in Cincinnati, but um, they will not be a rollover win for anybody uh, just because of that tough lineup. Absolutely. I mean, and I mean, the, the Reds have been, have been one of my favorites. I mean, I, I can't even begin to count how many Reds games I've, I've been to. Uh, but, I mean, when you, Homer Bailey is your number one starter, I mean, you, you know you're you know you're in for a long season. I mean, God love him, but I mean, Homer's just never he's never been able to just get it. Uh, I mean, yes, he does have a a no hitter to his name, but uh, he's just never turned in, never has or, or will turn into the pitcher that the Reds. And a lot of the Reds fan base thought that he could and should have been. Uh, I mean, Castillo, in my opinion, Castillo is their number one, is their best starting pitcher. Um, I mean, I know we don't have a really lot, a lot to go off of, but uh, as bad as their rotation is, I think he's he's should already be considered their number one. Um, and I, I honestly feel bad for Joey Votto. I mean, I feel like I would just wish. As bad as I would hate to see him go to another team, I wish he could be on a contending team because he deserves a ring before he retires. He really does. Yeah, he's one of the he's one of the best talents we've seen in baseball ever. I think um, that's where he's going to finish his career at. Um, but I do I, I will give him props for loyalty uh, without a doubt. It's tough for him to stick around, but he loves it in Cincinnati. Um, and you'll never find a Reds fan that doesn't like Joey Votto. Um, he's the epitome of loyalty, plays hard for the team, and he is just a, a great, great player. Um, moving on from that, we both picked the Pittsburgh Pirates to finish last in the division. Uh, maybe a little bit of a surprise to some people, um, just simply because um, their front office will deny the fact that they're going to rebuild. They said they're retooling. Um, but they did trade away Andrew McCutcheon and Garrett Cole this offseason, um, which we'll see. The Andrew McCutcheon trade, I think, was long overdue. I thought they should have traded him last year, and they could have got a little bit more from him than what they did. Um, but in those trades, they acquired uh, you know, some young players in Colin Moran, Joe Musgrove, uh, Michael Feliz, and, and Kyle Crick, um, all of which they're going to hope that, that you know they can contribute at the major league level. Um, but this team still has Josh Harrison, Francisco Severely, and Gregory Polanco for now. Uh, they also have Josh Bell, who was one of the better rookies in the NL last year. Um, and Starlin Marte, um, he will play the full season this year unless he fails another drug test. Um, but yeah, two, you know, they, they have, uh, they have a lot of, uh, 
They have a lot of potential. Uh, things could really go either way for them. Um, they got to hope that some of their young, unproven guys they got in those trades, uh, like Moran and Musgrove, uh, Feliz, um, those three particularly don't have a they don't have an MLB track record yet, um, but they're going to get their opportunity and it. it's kind of a gamble for them. But if they can develop um, this Pirates team, uh, can make a little bit of noise. Um, I don't think even at their ceiling, I don't think that they'll contend for a playoff spot. But we'll see. Um, one guy that is must see for them is Felipe Rivero. Um, he was one of the best closers in the National League last year. Um, this guy is, he's fun to watch, but he's terrifying to watch if he's pitching against your favorite team. Um, he's got a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. He's got a whop-out slider. And, of course, on top of all that, he has just an insane changeup as well. When he's on, he's tough to hit. Um, but, you know, outside of that, even their rotation has some potential. I mean, Ivan Nova, Chad Cool. They're both solid pitchers. Uh, they got the young Jameson Tyone. Um, hopefully he can develop and you know start to scratch his potential a little bit. Uh, so we'll see. Um, I think personally at some point at the end of the season, uh, the Pirates are going to have to end up trading uh, Josh Harrison and or Francisco Cervelli. I just think they're going to be moving towards a little bit of a rebuild. But maybe this is just a retool for them as well. Um, I don't think it's going to turn out well for them, though. I still think they'll finish last in the Central. Um, I think their ceiling is going to be fourth. So um, it's going to be a, a tough year for Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think we talked about this a little bit a little bit last year. Uh, but just to throw it back out there, I know you said they were looking to uh, potentially get rid of Harrison and then uh, a couple others. But I know, I know one person who was definitely not happy in Pittsburgh, and he at least last year made it quite obvious is Josh Bell. He... Was not happy when they started uh, making the changes that they did. So I don't know if he, I don't know if he'll be asking to get out or what will go on with that. But I just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't see Pittsburgh doing any any better than last, just because. Um, I mean, I, I can't sit here and say what the what it's like in the locker room, but I can't imagine it's too good. Uh, it could be very, could be wrong with that, but uh, that's uh, my my opinion on that is the locker rooms not not going to have that good of a mood. I don't know what kind of a chemistry they're going to have. And they, um, it's just the, the front office has made it quite obvious that they're, uh, rebuilding the team after you get rid of your kind of the, the heart and soul of your, your team and Andrew McCutcheon, and then you get rid of your, your best pitcher. Uh, doesn't, uh, paint a pretty picture for the, the fan base or the, uh, players left behind. No, I absolutely agree with that. Um, but moving on uh, from the NL Central, um, we have uh, the NL West, uh, which last year was the best division, arguably in baseball. Um, still got a lot of potential there. Um, so I see the this is how I see the NL West uh, playing out. Uh, we got the Dodgers first, the Diamondbacks second, the Rockies third, the Padres fourth, and yes. This may be a surprise to a lot of you, but the San Francisco Giants will finish last once again in the NL West this season. I mean, I think those, I think those rankings look pretty good. I, I mean, 
if I'm being honest with myself, uh, as much as I sometimes don't like agreeing with you, I mean, my rankings are are the same. Uh, reason being is because I really struggled between the Rockies and the Diamondbacks as far as second place goes. Um, reason being, I feel like the Rockies have, uh, without a doubt, a better uh, a better lineup as far as uh, fielding and batting goes. But my personal opinion is pitching uh, is what wins the championships, and the Diamondbacks, without a doubt, have a better rotation than the Rockies do. I mean, in my opinion, the Diamondbacks have the uh, best have the the fourth best rotation in the National League after the Cubs, the Dodgers, and the uh, uh, Nationals. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, and it's it's a big misconception uh, for the Rockies this year. I wrote about it a lot in my article, but you know, the offense for Colorado is kind of been the is kind of the issue at the end of last season and it's really surprising um that a lot of numbers are inflated for uh course field but i think when you look at this lineup at least for me you look at the first three hitters in the lineup charlie blackman dj lemayhew and nolan arenado which don't get me wrong at the top of the lineup that's the best that's, you know arguably the best one two three punch in, in the national league I mean, Blackman and Arenado were both MVP candidates last season. Arenado's one of the best players in the league, um, offensively and defensively. Uh, but when you take those three guys, you look at the rest of their lineup from last year, they only had one guy who was really above average, and that was Mark Reynolds. Um, he's now gone. Um, so that leaves them with guys like Ian Desmond, Carlos Gonzalez, and Trevor Story, who were just not even close to good at the plate last year. Uh, Trevor Story was much better defensively than he had been, uh, but he was nothing like he was in the first like two weeks of 2016. Um, Ian Desmond fell off the face of the earth, and then so so did Carlos Gonzalez. Um, I don't know what happened to those guys, but they just absolutely disappeared. Um, so I think this lineup is a huge issue for the Rockies, uh, just because when you get past the the top of the order, you have nobody there behind them. Um, they do have some hope though, some of their younger players, Ron McMahon and David Dahl. Um, McMahon should be the starting first baseman for this club when the season begins. Um, and he crushed the minors offensively. Um, so, you know, he could be that guy that can kind of provide the spark for this Rockies offense. I think if he, honestly, if he continues to develop the way that he has, he may very well end up batting, you know, cleanup for this team. Um, just because they don't have anybody else to do that, um, so I think uh, I think this Rockies lineup is the biggest issue, and that's why I have them going in third. Because uh, when you look at the Diamondbacks lineup, I think they're I just think they're deeper. I mean, they don't have J.D. Martinez anymore, who was the the hottest hitter on the face of the earth whenever he got to Arizona last year. Uh, but when you look at you know the lineup, you have Paul Goldschmidt, uh, who's He's one of the best all-around players in the game right now as well. Um, they have A.J. Pollock, who's a uh, really good all-star caliber player, and Jake Lamb, who, once again, is another all-star caliber player. Um, they also signed Alex Avila, Jer- uh, Gerard Dyson, and Steven Souza Jr. Um, I just really like this Diamondbacks club. they got a lot of depth uh, to their lineup to go with their rotation. Um, but when you look at the two... 
I think the Rockies, the Rockies have the better bullpen. Don't get me wrong. Um, they signed Wade Davis, um, Brian Shaw, um, and Jake McGee. So they have arguably the best bullpen in the National League. Unfortunately, their rotation is very young. Um, they had four rookies last year, and, and Kyle Freeland, Jeff Hoffman, um, um, German Marquez, and Antonio uh, Sensatella. Um, and it looks like they're going to roll with... Um, they had John Gray as well. It looks like they're going to have John Gray again this year with Chad Bettis, um, Tyler Anderson, German Marquez, uh, and Kyle Freeland. A lot of youth in that rotation, and they can hope, best-case scenario, that these guys weren't one-year wonders, and they can continue to develop and be really, really strong pitchers. If they can do that, they can make it to the wild card. Um, But, as we all know with young pitchers, they either go one of two ways. They either go really bad, or they continue to develop, and they're really good. Or they get injured. Um, If either of those happen, I don't think they have the depth to overcome that. Um, so that could potentially be their pitfalls. But with the lack of depth in their lineup, they have to have really good pitching. The bullpen is going to be there. My only question is, can the young starters continue to develop for the Rockies? Absolutely. And I know you were you were talking about Wade Davis, but I mean, what about you can't uh, you, you can't go without saying, I mean, Brad Boxberger. I mean, that's one of the best names in baseball, in my opinion. <laughs> yes. I believe he's yes. going to be the closer for the Diamondbacks this year. I mean, yep. uh, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I, oh, I, think, I, just, I, I just love I the last name Boxberger. Uh, yeah. I, I think when you look at the uh, the Rockies' bullpen, it's just absolutely insane. Because Wade Davis was, um, you know, with the Cubs last year, one of, if not the best closer in uh, the National League last year. Um, but the Diamondbacks have a solid bullpen as well. I mean, Brad Boxberger, Archie Bradley was absolutely electric for the Diamondbacks last year. I mean, heck, he he pitched great for them. He's a multi-inning guy. I think that he may end up being the closer. Um, it'll either be him or Boxberger, I believe. But they also got um, uh, Yosh- Yoshihisha uh, Hirano from Japan, who is another uh, really good late-inning arm for them. Um, but I, was, I, think the Rocky, I think the Rockies is a little bit better in their bullpen. I think the Diamondbacks are better in every other aspect of the game. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know if I necessarily completely agree with that. I mean, I feel like it's going to be uh, well. I mean, the uh, NL West yet again be one of the most competitive divisions in baseball. Yeah, and you know, and here's the big thing for me with the Diamondbacks. I've already talked about their their depth offensively. Um, they're not going to have a guy like JD Martinez. Um, you and uh, the Boston Red Sox faithful will now have him, and you can only hope that he plays like he did last year. Um, they still got a lot of things to lock, and you know, I've already talked about that, but their pitching their pitching is, is going to be really good this year as well. I mean, Zach Granke, he looked great uh, yesterday in his, his spring training um, finale. Um, you know, Zach Godley had a really good year, Tom on Walker. But one guy, there are two guys that I'm fascinated by for Arizona this year. Um, and one of them that I've been huge on is Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray came out of nowhere last year and had one of the most elite strikeout numbers of all time. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, but he had his strikeout rate uh, was 12.11 K 
K per nine last season, um, which is one of the top 10 all-time strikeout rates for a single season. He's up there with the likes of Randy Johnson. Um, when he's on, he is dominant. Uh, he had a stretch for a month where he had an ERA of it's like 1.26. Um, just I think at, during that stretch, he had a K rate of like 15.9. Just absolutely insane. His one problem is that he has you know a high walk rate as well. If he can fix that, Robbie Ray will be a Cy Young candidate at the end of the season. I think when all is said and done, he's going to be the best pitcher on this Diamondbacks staff. I think he's going to be better than Granky this year, um, and he will be a Cy Young finalist at the end of the year. Um, so that's going to be my bold prediction for the National League this year. Uh, Robbie Ray will be a Cy Young finalist. Um, that's, a, that's a very bold prediction. We're getting getting things started off right here on the first show of the year. We're getting some bold <laughs> predictions in here. I like it. But I'll tell you one thing. that, that One guy that people aren't talking about um, that it's kind of got lost in the flow of things. It's been Shelby Miller. Uh, Shelby Miller, they got him from a trade in 2016, and he's been a bust ever since. Um, he hasn't he didn't, hasn't pitched well when he has been healthy, um, but that's been the big thing for him is he hasn't been healthy. Um, he's going to be coming back from Tommy John surgery at some point in the middle of the season. And as we've seen in Atlanta, this guy can be a really good pitcher when he is on. If he can scratch... The, if he can just scratch the surface of his potential when he comes back from Tommy John surgery, they're going to have a really, really good one, two, three punch in this rotation. Um, I'm not going to say he's going to do it, but the potential is there. If Shelby Miller can come back and be healthy, Arizona can really make a lot of noise in the National League this year. Absolutely. I mean, I think they, uh, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, they're one of the few teams that really has um, more more than five solid starters on on their team. Uh, I mean, the from from top to bottom. I mean, that's why I said I think they've got the 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 currently you know, the best <clears throat> the best starting rotation outside of the um, the favorites to win each division. Um, so I'll be interested to see how that how that plays out, but. Uh, Diamond, I think Diamondbacks could make some noise and, and upset uh, some of the big boys. I think if uh, if everything plays out properly. Yep, without a doubt. Um, so we've talked about the the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. I mean, both of them should be right back in the thick of things for the playoff hunt. Um, before we get to the two California teams, or the two big California teams, I want to talk a little bit about the Padres. Um, we've both got the Padres to finish fourth, and when you talk about the San Diego Padres, you don't really see a whole lot of excitement. Um, call me crazy, I'm not saying the Padres are going to be good this year, um, but around 2020, 2019, maybe 2019, but definitely 2020, we're going to see the Padres do some great things um, for two reasons. For one, they have a lot of young talent who is on their lower end um, of the minor league system right now. Uh, especially pitching um, with Mackenzie Gore and uh, Luis um, Urias. Um, they have the number one farm system in baseball. Six of their seven, uh, six of their top seven prospects are 20 or younger, and a lot of those are pitching prospects, which is what they need because they have the worst rotation in baseball right now. Um, but I mean, they're they're 
And to clarify, when I say worst rotation in baseball, Clayton Richard is their opening day starter. Um, many of you may not know who Clayton Richard is, um, but he is not very good. Uh, he pitched for the Cubs in 2016 and got released. Uh, he was a reliever, and my God, he's their opening day starter. That is scary. Um, but looking at this club, I mean, they signed Eric Hosmer. They made a big splash there. Um, Eric Hosmer, he had signed a very team-friendly deal um, to where he can contribute to them now, um, but he's still going to be around for when they should contend in 2020. Um, and it's not an expensive contract either. Um, it's very front-loaded. So if he does take his option, I believe in the, after the 2021 season when he's 32, um, he will get paid $13 million a year and really save the Padres some money to sign perhaps you know uh, the next big young star at that point. Um, but one guy they have that I'm excited to see is uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, I believe he's the number three or four prospect. Um, that is check. He's the number four prospect. Uh, he's behind Vlad Guerrero Jr. Um, this kid is absolutely electric. And the funny thing is, he's the number four prospect in baseball right now. And they got him in a trade with the White Sox. And they got him for James Shields. Uh, which is incredible. Um, this kid, we'll probably see him make his debut this season. Uh, they've always had a problem at shortstop. Um, but outside of that, they're going to hope to get some development out of Manuel Margot, who this kid has superstar potential. Uh, he has potential to hit 20 home runs, steal 40 bases, and win a gold glove for the uh, in center field for the Padres at some point in his career. I'm not saying he's going to do that, but he has the potential there. Um, he's got superstar talent. Um, so for the Padres, their rotation is going to suck, um, but their offense will be solid. So we'll see. As long as they can avoid some injuries and get some more development out of their young guys, we'll see the Padres be pretty good in a few years. Now, I do have to ask you. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So considering the... And I kind of struggled with this one too because I, I I agree with you in one sense, but in the other sense, I kind of asked myself, why well, how how the hell could you really put <laughs> put the uh, Giants in last behind the Padres? I mean, uh, so I pose the question to you: considering how uh, horrible, uh, frighteningly horrible, the Padres' starting rotation is, how can you put the Giants behind the Padres in the division? Well, I think whenever you look at the Padres, some of their pitching prospects, like uh, Luis uh, Urias, um, if he continues to really lock things up in the minors, he could come up this season um, and give them a little boost in their rotation. Um, But when you look at the Giants, and bear with me when I say this, their rotation is not that great either. Um, I know what a lot of people think of the San Francisco Giants. That's the first thing they think of is, oh, they have a great rotation. Uh, the only reason why they lost so many games last year is because Bumgarner missed most of the season. Um, that's going to be the case this year as well. Uh, spring training game, uh, Madison Bumgarner had, he suffered a displaced fracture of his fifth metacarpal on his pitching hand. He's going to have pins placed in his hand. Uh, the pins won't even come out for four to five weeks. After that, you've got some strength rehabilitation for another three to four weeks, and then he'll finally start to throw. He'll you know actually start to throw again and work on his arm strength two months into the season. 
So he's going to be out anywhere from eight to twelve weeks, um, if not more. So that if that's not disastrous enough, Jeff Samarja, who is one of their top pitchers, is out at least the first five weeks of the season because of a pec injury. Um, so right out of the gate, they've got a lot of injuries in their rotation. And then you're left with Johnny Cueto, who who knows what he's got left. Um, he's looked solid this spring. Um, he did get a full spring in this year, which is something that didn't happen last year. Uh, but Johnny Cueto, he's one of those pitchers who are over it's over the age of 30, and he struggled. So you got to ask, what does he have left in the tank? Um, and outside of those three, they really don't have another solid starter. So... There's a lot. There's gonna be a lot of trouble for the Giants starting the season with their rotation. They may just dig themselves too deep of a hole to come back out of, um, because the bullpen isn't that great either. And Mark Melanson still isn't right. Um, he's he even said himself just a few days ago that he feels something in his arm that isn't right. Um, and when you look at their lineup, a lot of people go crazy because they added Andrew McCutcheon and Evan Longoria. Um, Evan Longoria is still an above-average third baseman, don't get me wrong. And Andrew McCutcheon is still an above-average player, but they're not the superstars that they used to be. Um, They're both on the wrong side of 30. So they may be better than what they were last season, but these are hitters who have shown they're kind of on the decline, going to a very un-hitter-friendly ballpark. Uh, So who knows? Um, they also added Austin Jackson, who's a solid center fielder, but his best years are behind him as well. Um, when you look at this lineup, I mean, their core that they had that won the World Series, they're all just getting older. I mean, they're all over age 30. Hunter Pence is Hunter Pence is on the on the decline. Um, and I'm not going to say that everybody on this team is just going to flat out suck, um, but everything that I see from the Giants, they're going to bounce out bounce back this year they talk about all their players just having bad years last year i have a hard time believing that an entire roster can have a bad year um so some of these guys will probably bounce back i think that buster Posey's going to have a solid year as with joe panic and brandon crawford but outside of that i'm not going to be confident and say that anybody on this roster is going to absolutely kill it and couple that with the fact that these guys are all getting older and tend to be a little bit more injury prone and I just don't trust the Giants. Um, they have a lot of talent. They're old. They've got a lot of injury problems. No bullpen. No pitching depth. I just think it's time for them to rebuild. Um, I think that's where they're going to find themselves at the All-Star break. So they're going to have a, a very rough first half. they got a lot of contracts coming off the books in the next two years. So I think they're just going to go ahead and start the teardown at, at the All-Star break. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I just don't know. <clears throat> I just don't know if I see them as a guaranteed last place team or not. Just uh, comparing them with the with the Padres. I mean, the I mean, uh, you already kind of discussed discussed this, but the Giants have have they have proven players at every position. Granted, like you already said, they're every single one of them uh, is is past their prime, but still, uh, I mean, just going over it here. I mean, you've got. Hunter Pence, Austin Jackson, Andrew McCutcheon, Brandon Belt, Joe Panic, Brendan Crawford, uh, Evan Longoria, and Buster Posey um, as your your starting eight. Uh, I, I mean, 
if you were to take that same lineup, say three years ago, I mean that would be everybody would be would be guaranteeing the, the Giants to win the World Series. But uh, I mean, granted, we're we're not at that point yet. But I don't know. I'm not I'm not sold on the fact that they're going to finish in in dead last. Um, uh, I mean, I, my I, reasoning. Well, my reasoning for them finishing in dead last is because, like I said, I think they're going to get off to a really rough start and kind of start their rebuild because their farm system is just overly depleted. They got a lot of contracts coming off the books the next three years. So I mean, in eighteen not or in in nineteen and twenty, the Giants are not gonna. The Giants are just not gonna be there at all. So I think that they may just have to wave the white flag at halfway through the season, especially with all the injuries that they have right now, um, and the more that may pile on and to start the start the teardown, which is what I think will eventually lead them to to finishing last. Um, but I will say this about the Giants. Um, before anyone believes that, I think they are going to absolutely suck. Like you said, they do have a lot of proven players. Um, and while I think they're going to, if I had to bet money, it's going to be a repeat of 2017 for the Giants. They have the potential to, you know, their ceiling is contending with the Dodgers for the division. Their floor is missing the playoffs altogether and finishing last in the division. So their their season could swing one of two ways, and they're both very drastic. Um, I just happen to think they're not going to be very successful. Um, best case, I mean, they may finish above the Padres. I think those two teams are kind of flippable. I'm not saying they're guaranteed to finish last. That's just where I think they'll finish at. Um, but I'm just not sold on the Giants this season at all. No, I agree. I mean, the uh, I mean they're definitely not going to be. Anywhere near the top, I don't think. But I mean, I think they uh, might be able to keep themselves keep themselves out of the basement. Um, but anyway, with that said, I, I, I'm sure we'll have many more many more discussions like that uh, throughout the or like this throughout the season. Um, but uh, I, en- enough on the <laughs> enough on the Giants. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on, the team we all want to talk about, the LA Dodgers. They are back, and they are just as good as they were last year, if not better. Um, I don't know where to begin with this team. I mean, Corey Seager, he's got MVP written all over him. Um, he's already got two top three finishes, two top three MVP finishes in his young career already, um, which has been two years, <laughs> which is just incredible. Um, I mean, outside of them, you got you know, Cody Bellinger, who took the league by storm last year, Chris Taylor, Yasiel Puig, Logan Forsyth. They traded for Matt Kemp. Um, this lineup is just insane. They've got depth for days. Um, unfortunately for them, Justin Turner broke his wrist in spring training. Uh, and a broken wrist has not, it's been proven to not be very friendly to power hitters. Um, so we're going to see how he comes back from that. Um, that could possibly hinder him a lot. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how he reacts from it. Um, every time I see a broken wrist, I always think, you know, Derek Lee, he kind of went downhill after he broke his wrist uh, with the Cubbies. But, you know, we'll see. he come back and be really strong for, from it. Even if he doesn't, this Dodgers team has the depth to overcome that. Um, they're going to have a good offense, and their pitching is going to be more of the same. We've got Clayton Kershaw, need I say more. Um Alex Wood, who broke out last year, Rich Hill, 
um, Hyunjin Ryu, Kenta Maeda. Um, they've got, you know, Ross Stripling, Brock Stewart is depth. They've got their top prospect, Walker Bueller, um, who looked really good last year when he came up. He pitched for them in the, out of their bullpen in September. Um, he's going to be a starter. He Dave Martinez already said he's going to make his debut this season. So we're going to see him mixed in um, into the rotation. And this kid has ace caliber potential as well. Um, so you throw him into an already loaded rotation. And then you mentioned the fact that they have a bullpen with a guy who uh, has the track record of Kenley Jansen, um, who's arguably the best closer in the National League. I mean, my goodness. What's not to like about this team? Um, it, they've just got depth everywhere. They've got an amazing farm system. So if they need to make any improvements at the trade deadline, they can do it. Um, this Dodgers team is going to win this division easily. Um, you know, the Diamondbacks and the Rockies are good, but I don't think anybody can match the depth of the Dodgers in their division. Um, so look for them to win close to 100 games, win the division, um, and contend for another World Series this year. Absolutely, and uh, I mean, there's not really much else, <clears throat> much else you can say on top of that. Just one thing that I, uh, one small note of mine is that um, somebody who I'm really uh, high on, and I hope that uh, he'll get, he'll get his chance. I mean, there's so much depth to that that uh, I mean, he might have to to wait a little bit, but um, he did get to, he did get some playing time last year. He didn't do so well. Uh, I mean, he's been hot. He's been hot, hot. Um, in spring training, I, I really hope he breaks out this year. But uh, Alex Verdugo, um, really high on this kid. Um, he uh, was hot during spring training. Uh, he didn't do so good in kind of his, his debut and a few games he got in last year. But uh, I'm really hoping to see Alex Verdugo break out. I mean, he's just yet another young player on their team who who has uh, just a high high end potential. Um, I mean, it's really it's. It's honestly been amazing the kind of talent that the Dodgers have been able to put together. Um, but uh, Alex Alex Verdugo is someone that I'm going to be uh, on the lookout to to uh, to see him break out this year. Yeah, and this is the thing with the Dodgers: depth everywhere. Uh, so they can they can manage cross the scenarios if need be. Um, I mean, Clayton Kershaw missed extended uh, an extended. You know, period last season, and they still, you know, were on pace to you know set an all-time wins record. So we'll see. Um, they're definitely finished close to the century mark in wins this season. Um, but moving on from that, that's pretty much all the divisions previewed for us. Um, the National League playoff picture. So five teams we have um, making it to the playoffs this year. The National League. Um, I have the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Nationals as your divisional winners. And then for the wild card, I have the Brewers and the Diamondbacks. And and I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, uh, mine are basically the, exactly the same. I guess I maybe i had i guess i had forgotten i mean i know what i mean i remember you mentioning it earlier in the show but i think i maybe forgotten from uh reading your article earlier that you had the brewers in there uh, because i was i'm really high on the brewers i mean as far as the uh the other wild card spot goes i mean i'm still 
I mean, I, I would I would agree. I think the Diamondbacks, as as it stands right now, the Diamondbacks would probably be the the other wild card. But I, I'm still not 100 sold on them. I still think that uh, the Rockies might have a chance to uh, to take that spot. Uh, uh, so we'll we'll see. I think it'll be Diamond Diamondbacks and uh, Diamondbacks Brewers and Rockies. It'll be duking out in my opinion for the two wild card spots yeah i mean i think that yeah for the wild card you have you know the brewers the diamondbacks the rockies even the cardinals i'm going to throw them in the mix they could win it and if things break the absolute right way the phillies could find themselves in that too although i don't expect it now uh, you can say the same thing about the giants and the mets as well mm-hmm. um, the national league could get really fun really quick um, it's a very deep league a lot of potential uh, and you just have so many ball clubs that things could swing one drastic way or another for them um, in in the National League. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, but on from that, I've also got the uh, end of season awards predicted uh, for the National League. For my MVP, I've already said it, Bryce Harper. I mean, he's in a contract year. Uh, he's been one of the best players in baseball for a while now. I think he's just going to absolutely kill it for the Nationals. Um, his swan song in uh, in D.C. and uh, bring home his second MVP. Um, for Cy Young, I want to go with Yu Darvish. Um, first full year in the National League. He's looked great this spring. Um, I think with the influence of new pitching coach Jim Hickey, um, he's going to have a career year uh, when the Cy Young for the Cubbies. And then Rookie of the Year, I have Ronald Acuna from the Braves. Uh, they will call him up. Uh, they are going to hold him in the minor leagues um, to develop more, as they say, but we all know they're just holding him for service time so they can get him for a under control for an extra year. No, but I think once they call him up, he's going to kill it and win Rookie of the Year in the NL. Absolutely. I mean, I think MVP without a doubt. Uh, Bryce Harper is definitely the favorite. I mean, he would be my favorite too. Although I think that there's uh, a lot of cubbies that can uh, contend for that spot as well. Uh, Cy Young, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, you Darvish could get it. I mean, my favorite um, would probably have to still go with Clayton Kershaw on that one. Uh, and then my rookie of the year, uh, my rookie of the year, which I believe, yeah, he's still eligible for it. My rookie of the year would be Reese Hoskins. Uh, I think that uh, he's just he's eligible for it this year, and I mean he's an absolute beast. Uh, I mean last year he got a considerable amount of playing time and had uh, 18, 18 home runs and I think close to fifty RBIs. Uh, and I mean if he if he can keep that up and kind of increase those numbers to be similar to what he was doing in the minors, I mean he's he is a huge. Uh, power hitting prospect, so I'm I'm looking for huge numbers from him this year. I think he'll I think he'll take the rookie of the year in the National League. Yeah, it would not surprise me at all. You got a lot of young talent in the NL, a lot of young talent around baseball in general. Um, yeah, the awards should be fun in the NL. You got a lot of players who can who are gonna be battling for it. Um, you know, you have the potential for you know definitely Chris Bryant and possibly even Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs being in the MVP conversation. You can't forget about Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, uh, Joey Votto even. Um, so you got a lot of a lot of 
potential in the NL. Even Corey Seager from the Dodgers can't go without speaking with um, you know about him. So it's going to be another fun year in the National League. Um, it's just insane depth in the NL as we've seen over the past few years. Um, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Absolutely, yeah, I can't wait. But so we got for you. Uh, that is our ultimate breakdown of the National League. Um, if that wasn't enough for you, you want something to reference for, um, be sure to go to www.ewcoastconnection.com. I have the ultimate National League preview written for you in article form. Um, be sure to check that out, share it, tell your friends about it. Um, tell me how smart or stupid I am, depending on how low I rated your favorite team. Um, yeah, be sure to comment on that. Check us out at www.ewcoastconnection.com. Um, be sure to listen to all of our podcasts as well. Um, we're going to give you some pretty regularly this baseball season, if not every week, every other week. Uh, we'll get that on a consistent schedule for you guys. So be sure to tell you what, tell us what you think of us. Um, opening day is Thursday, so enjoy it. It's a great holiday across America. We'll catch you all next time here on the MLB Connection.